So this month, we've been talking about needing to be renewed, needing to be made new again by God. And in order to do that, we have to begin to pursue his heart and his desires and what he wants in each one of our lives. And uh, we've been kind of walking through Colossians 3 together as we've unpacked some of this to understand exactly what it is that God wants to do. And uh, I hope and pray that God has been uh, just kind of revealing himself to you, showing himself to you, maybe in a brand new way over these last uh, 14 days of the 21 that we have uh, started together. Uh, Along with our church, we've come together to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, we've kind of been walking through some things together. And I don't know specifically what any of you have given up. If it was bacon, let me apologize to you. Uh, Because when you walked in today, you smelled bacon all over this place. And that's because our students had a a huge feast today. And they had over 20 pounds of bacon that they cooked in the kitchen uh, right over here, just offside uh, from the fellowship hall. And uh, when I walked in this morning, I thought that is beautiful. But then I thought, Lord, help. If there's anyone here that is fasting from bacon, this is going to make it a very difficult morning. We were not trying to tempt you in any way, shape, or form. Please forgive us uh, for that. But I hope and pray that whatever it is that you've been fasting from, what you've been abstaining from, that remember what we said from the beginning, it's not what we give up, it's what we replace it with. That really makes all the difference in a fast. And I hope it's been an encouraging thing. I think it's gotten better. My death threats have dropped tremendously on week two uh, from where they were in week one. where Everybody kept saying, why are you doing this to us as a church? Why in the world do we have to give this stuff up? But uh, luckily this week, things have gotten much, much better. And I'm excited to see kind of what God has been doing as we've been pursuing his heart. Because that's been the the goal of all this is we're going, God, I want to see you clearly. Right? I want to take all these things that I've allowed to kind of filter into my life and come into my life, and I want to remove all of those things so that I have a better picture of you. Because when I have a good picture of you, I have a good picture of myself. And I start to realize there's some things that I've allowed just to kind of make their way into my life. Maybe I wasn't pursuing them. Maybe I wasn't trying for them to happen. But here's what's happened is these things have just kind of made their way in, and I haven't noticed it. And so, Father, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking over this next 21 days, would you just make me brand new? Would you begin in me, Lord, what you originally started in me? And so let me just reveal that to you and see who I truly am so that I can confess it and begin to move forward. And that's kind of what we've been talking about as we walk through this series. Last week, we talked about some things that need to come off, right? Need to come out of our life. And today, we're going to talk about some things that need to be put into our life, right? We're replacing those old things with something brand new because God has big things in store for us personally as well as corporately. So if you have a copy of God's Word, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 12 down to 15, and then we'll uh, talk about those for just a few minutes in our time together this morning. Here's what Paul tells us in Colossians 3, beginning in verse 12. He says, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let's pray together. 
Father, we thank you so much for the truth of your word this morning. And God, I pray that as we are longing to see your heart and Father, longing to see what you desire in each one of our lives, God, that you would give us open ears today. God, that we would hear the truth of your word. And Father, that we would begin to look at our own lives and the things that we've allowed to kind of seep in this morning. And Father, that we would confess those before you. And that, Father, we would, through your spirit and through your life, apply these things to our life. And, Father, that we would work together to see your kingdom come in this place. So, Father, bless the time we have together today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, Paul was telling us, here's some things that need to come out of your life, right? Those things that we allowed to kind of filter in and we didn't really notice it. Maybe we weren't doing it on purpose, but he said, listen, the closer you get to me, the more you realize that your life is completely different from mine. And so we're going, okay, so there's some things I've got to remove, some things I've got to get rid of. Well, today, beginning in verse 12, Paul's going to tell us those things that we can replace that with. Right, that we can begin to, to be used by God in a powerful way and can accomplish what he wants to accomplish in our life when these things happen. And so I want us to see three specific things that Paul's talking about here uh, in Colossians 3, beginning in verse 12. The first thing is simply this, that we've got to understand the fact that we've been chosen. Right? We've got to understand this fact that we have been chosen by God. We all understand that we want to be selected. We want to be picked. We want to be chosen, right? Because when we don't get chosen, there's a completely different feeling that goes around with that. But what does Paul say? Look here in verse 12. Paul puts it this way. He said, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Right, this idea of chosen, you've been picked. I've said it before, but every time I see this word, this fear comes back into my life of being in playing kickball in elementary school. Right? You got everybody that's lined up out there and you've got two captains that are picking everybody and the worst fear ever in my life growing up was that I wasn't going to get selected. Right? I was going to be the kid that's standing there on the line and whoever has the last pick says, well, I guess I'll take Jay then. And so there's this fear that has kind of gripped my life forever and this idea of going, man, I've always wanted to be picked. I've always wanted to be chosen to be part of a team. Well, what God is telling us here right out of the gate is simply that. Listen to me. So you have been chosen by God. You've been set apart. You have been made holy. You have been loved. There's nothing you've got to work for. You've been chosen. A couple of weeks ago, Molly Grace, our six-year-old, came home and she looked at Amy and I and she said, hey, I want to try out for a solo in the Christmas program at school. Now, for those of you who don't know Molly Grace that well, Molly Grace is completely opposite of Griffin right? Our 12-year-old Griffin, she loves the spotlight. She's been in drama, doing all kinds of things. She asks me every single month, she says, hey, dad, when do I get to get up and preach on a Sunday morning? And I always tell her, never, because I'm scared to death is what you might actually say, right? I'm not going to bring my, my 12-year-old up here to let her speak. That's her joy. She loves doing all that. Molly Grace does not. She's completely the opposite, and so the fact that she even stepped out and said, hey, dad, mom, here's what I'd love to do. I want to go get a solo in the Christmas production that's coming to our school. Amy and I looked at each other and we were like, who is this kid and what have you done with Molly Grace, right? Because you're not 
this kind of a person. I don't know what in the world you're doing. Well, sure enough, she went, she tried out, she did everything she could, and then we were waiting on that email that was going to come, right? The email to say whether or not she had been chosen as one of the kids to sing this solo. And so she kept asking, did the email come? Did the email come? Did the email come? Did the email come? Guess what? She didn't get picked. And so when the email came and we had to look at our six-year-old and say, sweetheart, we just really need you to understand something. You didn't get picked to step up and to sing a solo at Christmas. As you can imagine, her little face began to turn and her heart began to crumble and she was very upset that she didn't get the part. Now, thank God she's six. And so by the next day, she'd completely forgotten all about it. But in that moment, it crushed everything inside of us. And listen, every one of us in this room understand what that feels like. We know what it's like to not get the part, to be disappointed, to not get selected. And here's what happens. When we don't get chosen, when we don't get picked, everything in us bows up. And all of those things that Paul told us last week need to be removed and taken away from our life. Guess what happens when we don't get picked? All those things come flooding back in and we get angry and there's malice that begins to set in in our heart and we get determined that we're going to prove to them that we're valuable, that we're worthy. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that they know who I am. It's opposite of what God calls in each one of our lives. And so I think it's valuable that he's telling us right out of the gate, listen, you don't have to play that game. You don't have to be that person because let me just tell you right out of the gate, you have been chosen. You've already been picked. You've already been selected. You've already made the team. I've brought you in so that you can experience my presence, so that you can walk with me. Here's what you need to understand. You don't have to be holy because you're already holy. You don't have to try to go earn somebody's love. Why? Because you're already loved. I love you more than anything in this world. And I don't know about you, but when you know right out of the gate that you have been chosen, that you have been selected, you've already been made holy, and you are fully loved, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. It kind of changes your perspective on life, doesn't it? If I don't have to go fight and move and do all these things, it changes the way that I look at life. And so what does Paul say? Listen, now that you know that you have been chosen by God, that he already has you on his team, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get up and I want you to clothe yourself with a few different things. I want your life to look different from the people around you. The first thing I want you to clothe yourself with is compassion, right? You gotta have compassion in your life. What is compassion? Compassion is a heart for other people. And so ultimately, what did we learn last week? We're all connected, right? We may come from different backgrounds and different things, but Paul said there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no circumcised, there's no uncircumcised, there's no slave and free man. We are all now one in Christ. And because we've come together, now he comes behind that and says, listen, you've all been made part of this. You have all been selected to be part of the team. And here's what I want you to do towards each other. I want you to have a heart of compassion like you've never had before. I want there to be a, a heart for each other. Because when one of you hurts, everybody hurts. And when one of you celebrates, everybody celebrates. Your life needs to be marked with compassion. It's a genuine concern for other people around you. 
That compassion then leads to kindness, right? What is kindness? Is kindness is compassion being acted out. It, it's simply going, hey, I'm concerned with what's going on in your life and I'm going to be willing to do something about it. Because ultimately what I want to see happen is this. I want to I I help you in this. I want to walk with you in this. I want to be the person that's right here beside you and I want to show you a, a, a genuine compassion by being kind in everything that I say and everything that I do. He says, clothe yourself with humility. You know, the reality is that when I don't have to fight and I don't have to prove myself, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room, it changes everything. And I could walk in with humility inside of a church, inside of the office, inside of wherever, and go, look, I'm okay. You're better than me. I'm willing to put your needs before my needs. Because ultimately, I've already been picked. I'm already on the team. I'm already in, and I don't have to prove myself to anybody else. Say, hey, listen, I'm willing to come alongside of you and to be humble in the midst of this. I'm willing to have gentleness in my spirit and how that I approach you and how I talk to you. The things that I say, yeah, I can be strong, but you know what it is? Gentleness is strength in restraint. It's meaning I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to show myself. I can speak gently to you. I can act gently to you because we're in this thing together, and ultimately there's a patience that comes, a long-suffering, a willingness to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go through this with you, and I'm going to be here with this through you, and guess what? This is what God has called us to do because we've been chosen by him. You see, this church gets better when we understand that and we come together and we say, look, we've all been chosen by God because we have a relationship with him. He has made us holy. He has made us loved. We don't have to fight each other and we don't have to come up against each other. We can have compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness and patience with one another to accomplish what it is that God wants to accomplish. I hope God's been showing you that over the last 14 days. That Listen, I got you. I love you. You are absolutely mine. We've been chosen by God. You see, because we've got to understand being chosen before we can see the second thing which Paul's going to talk about, and that's simply this. That's concession. Right? We've been chosen by God. He wants to use us. He wants to walk through life with us. He wants us to love on one another and be together having that compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, all of those things coming out. But guess what? If your family at home is anything like my family at home, you don't always get along. It doesn't always go the way that you think it's going to go. That there can be some butting of heads. And here's what I know. If there's butting of heads when there's four of us in my house, how much butting of heads do you think there is when there's 800 of us in a house? There's going to be some times that we don't see eye to eye, that we don't agree with each other. And so we've got to be able to understand how we approach those things, how we walk through them. Look at verse 13. Paul tells us this. He says, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone. Okay, great. We're going to bear with each other. We're going to forgive each other. Yeah, that sounds good. But then Paul ruins it by saying this, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. I wish he hadn't said that because you know what that means? 
because God bears with me when I don't do what he's asking me to do, when God bears with me and walks with me when I'm completely out of his will, when God forgives me and loves me when there's constant sin in my life and things that do not honor and glorify him, he is constantly walking with me and he is constantly forgiving me. And what does that mean for us as a church? It means that we're supposed to do the exact same thing for each other. It means that we're supposed to bear with one another. There's going to be some arguments. There's going to be some scrapes, some bruises, some things that are going to happen inside of a church, inside of the family of God. But what Paul is saying is this, listen to me, you've got to still figure it out. You've got to work it out. You've got to see this thing through. Because what God's begun in you, he wants to complete in you. And the only way that's going to happen is if we're willing to come together and to give and be willing to put some things that we prefer, some things that we like out on the table and go, God, here's what I'm saying. You know what? Yes, I would prefer this. Yes, I would like this. But ultimately, here's what I want. I want us to be one as a body of Christ. And so no matter what, Lord, I am willing to put what I want on the altar before you for the good of your kingdom and for what you want to accomplish. You see, there's some things that are going to happen in January as we come back to one church, as we come back into one service at 930 on Sunday mornings, starting the first Sunday in January. And here's what I know. We've had two completely things happening for the last three years. And so as we move back together, there may be a lot of questions that are going on in your mind. And you go, you know what? What happens when I don't like something? Well, let me just go ahead and break it to you. There's going to be some things you won't like. You just need to be aware of that. And you need to understand that going into it right now. Because we're a family. And when we come together, there's going to be some things that we simply do not like. But how are we going to approach those? What are we going to do with those? Listen to me. If we don't understand that we've been chosen by God and we don't walk through the doors and walk out the doors having compassion taking over our entire life, having kindness be the thing that we want to speak more than anything else, having a humility that says, I don't have all the answers, but I know the one that does. And having a gentleness to be able to approach each other and to share, hey, can you explain to me why we're doing this or why did we take this decision? Not coming and saying, I told you this wasn't going to work. This is the dumbest thing you could have ever done. Rah, 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 and jumping on each other. But being patient with one another. Why? Because at the end of the day, we understand something. That we're coming together because we want to see more people come, connect, and commit to a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our heart. That's our desire. That's everything that we want. And we're willing to concede some things so that ultimately we can see that happen. You know, as we move towards January, I want us to think as a church, blended family. Blended family. And here's what I mean by blended family. It simply means this. It means that at the end of the day, when you're bringing two different families together and you're blending those families together, what you're saying is, I'm not always going to hit what I want. It's not always going to go the exact way that I thought it was going to go. It's not going to be everything I always thought it would be, but here's the deal. I'm willing to let some of my preferences go for the big picture because here's what I understand. We're better together than we are apart. And at the end of the day, that's what I want to remember, and that's what I want to know. And, Father, I want your kingdom to grow. I want your kingdom to be the best that it can possibly be. 
Church, listen, we don't move into January together as a church unless we understand who we are in Christ. Unless we understand day by day that I've got to have a heart of compassion. That I've got to have kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Because there's going to be some rubbing. I've already talked to many of you that go, Jay, I can't get here at 930 in the morning. I don't get to life group till 1015. Yes, you can. Well, I don't like it. Okay. I still love you. And I think this is better for our church. And I think we can accomplish more together than we ever could apart. Are you willing to concede? If not, you got to check your heart and go, God, is there some things that you still need to deal with in me so that I'm ready to get on board and be a part of what you want to do? inside of the church. See, it's a fresh knowledge of the fact that we're chosen by God and we don't have to earn anything, pray for anything, play for anything. We've got it. And so we allow him to fill us and we allow us to come together as a group and say, you know what? Yeah, it may not be exactly how I would have written it up, but man, I want to see God what you're going to do for your glory and for your kingdom. Because the key to all of this, Paul wraps it up in these last two verses, is cooperation. Right? It's cooperation. It's all of us coming together, working together for the same goal because ultimately we want to see more people come to know Christ. Paul tells us this in verse 14. He says, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Isn't that what God's called us to as a church? To be unified, to be together? At the end of the day, that love is what draws all of us together. And then let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. The only way we work as a church, the only way we can accomplish the great commission and what God has called us to do is if all of us come together, grab hold of the vision, grab hold of the direction of what God's calling us to go for. And we say, man, we are all in with everything that we've got. If we have a love for him and a love for each other, then guess what? We can overcome any adversity that the enemy tries to throw in our way. We can overcome anything that begins to rise up inside of the body of Christ because ultimately we want to see unity. We want to be together. We want to be one body and we want to be thankful for what it is that God's doing. We've got to do it together. I'm going to show you a picture real quick. And if you know who this guy is, do me a favor and just kind of shout it out. Who is this? P.J. Fleck. Thank you, Casey. P.J. Fleck is the head coach at Minnesota, right? What does P.J. Fleck always say, Casey? Do you know? Does anybody know? Row the boat. Thank you. Yes, his whole key with his team at Minnesota is simply this, row the boat. Row the boat. Every day we've got to row the boat. And I don't know if you know much about rowing or you ever watch rowing, but here's the cool thing about rowing. It's different from whitewater rafting. It's different from being in a canoe and doing some paddling. And so PJ Fleck will tell you, he goes, I don't want to be with somebody that wants to paddle. I want to be with somebody who wants to row. Because if you ever watch rowing, here's the thing. They're, they're not looking the direction they're going right? They're not even seeing where they're going. What PJ Flex says all the time is this, we can't control the future. 
We don't know what lies ahead. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. We can't do anything to control that. All we can do is to control the situation in which we're in and to work with everything that we've got together to row the boat and to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. He says we can look back and see where we've been and we can see how we grow and how we get better. And he says, here's what I'm loving. I'm loving three things that come out of the row of the boat. Number one is this, there's an energy that happens. Not because I'm looking around at anybody else, because I'm watching the man that's right in front of me and I'm doing exactly what he's doing. Same pace, same direction, same everything. That's where our energy comes from. Then he goes on and says, second thing is sacrifice. The boat is sacrifice. And here's what I want. I want more people in the boat. I want more people a part of where we're going and the direction of what we're heading. And this is what I want to see happen. He said, the third thing that I love about rowing is this compass. And it's this, he said, the compass are the people that you put around you. And he said, I only want the best people around my players in the way that we're going. You know what? They were nine and oh this year up until playing Iowa yesterday. Everything they were longing to accomplish was happening. But guess what? Even though they lost that game yesterday, their eye is still on the prize. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be things that are going to happen to us as a church. But listen to me. If we'll all row together and accomplish what God wants to accomplish by working together, then listen, we will be unstoppable. But here's the problem. If not everybody has the oar in the water, not everybody's on board and going in the same direction, then we're in a lot of trouble. And I feel like we may have some people that have their oar up out of the water right now going, hey, you know what? I'll make a decision later on as to whether or not I'm going to row. Can I tell you, that doesn't help us one bit. That's not a unified body of Christ working together. That's all of us saying, you know what? I'm all in to what it is that God wants to accomplish because in the end, I believe that what he wants us to be is so much better than what we currently are. And church, here's what I, I want to know. Will you row the boat? Will you cooperate with us? Will you go in the direction that God is calling us to go? And will you give it everything that you've got? I'm not telling you it's going to be easy because it's not going to be easy. But I'm telling you, if you'll remember every single day that you have been chosen of God and you put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience in your life each and every day, and when things begin to pop up, we love one another through it. And we have discussions about it, but they are from a place of compassion and a heart of wanting to see the kingdom grow more than wanting to see our kingdom grow. And we start working together the way that God has called us to work together. Then I want you to understand something. This church will not be stopped. It won't. And we'll be a part of something that we may not have ever imagined being a part of. Of seeing more people come to know him. Of seeing more people get better in their walk with him. And seeing more people become better husbands, better spout wives, better with their kids, better at work, better at everything they're doing. Because listen to me, we are so much better together. But it's going to take every one of us. Are you in? My prayer is yes. Would you stand to your feet and let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for your unbelievable truth that's been shared with us this morning. And Father, there may be some here today that don't realize that you have a plan and a purpose for their life and maybe they've been living their own way. But God, this morning you have just grabbed hold of their heart 
And in these next few moments as we sing together, Father, if that's someone in this room today would just say, man, I need Jesus today. I can't be renewed because I've never been made new in the first place. And I just want to encourage you to step out from wherever you're standing. Whoever's around you, listen to me. They would love for you to walk by and just say, hey, I'm going to go talk to somebody in the back. We would love to begin to walk you through what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, to know that you have been selected to be set apart, holy and loved, blameless forever in him. But there's some of you in the room this morning that you've been made new. And maybe as you look at what's happening in January, the direction that we're going, if if you're honest, you'd say, you know what? I've kind of been holding back. And I don't want to hold back anymore. I want to go all in. Jay, I want to help row the boat. Well, if that's your heart, then listen, during this time, you just make that commitment to God. Say, I'm going all in for you, Father, because I want to see what you want to accomplish. And God, I want to be a part of it. Father, we give you this time now. Draw us closer and closer to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.